Welcome to the KHO 11 News Studios and Sunday Sport Ex Sports Extra. Jason Bristol, Jeremy Booth, former Major League Scout and our KHO 11 baseball analyst as we break down what was a disappointing night at Minute Maid. Normally we're at the ballpark, but tonight we're here because, well, the show must go on. So, Jeremy, big takeaways from this 9-2 loss, and I imagine a lot of it rests on the shoulders of the Astros hitters. It does. Um... Man, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that have come up throughout this series. You know, Dusty talked about that in his postgame. He said opportunities. And, you know, as much as I'm a Dusty Baker believer in this year, especially with the fatigue and a lot of – look, we've talked about this before. Um, I got to tell you, I don't buy the opportunities come up sometimes and sometimes you don't. I don't buy that. And I say that because if you want to win World Series, you have to execute those opportunities. When watching the game, it seems to me that if the Astros let them, let the Rangers be the Rangers, and the Astros are who they are, and they make LeClerc pitch to the plate, and they shorten their swings and stay through the baseball in a, in a Dubon situation, similar to Chaz McCormick in game two, if you do that with Brantley a little bit, if these, somebody in those type of opportunities stays within themselves to play the game right, um, we're not sitting here, let me, say that, let me rephrase that, plays the game with an execution mindset, not right, execution mindset, then they're not sitting here down or tied 3-3 going to Game 7. It's not a 9-2 game. That was blown out in the eighth inning. That game was a 4-2 game. That was over when the Astros left the bases full in, uh, in the eighth. All right, so you were talking about the eighth inning. Mauricio. Um, in the seventh inning, we had Michael Brantley ground into a double play. And you've got two innings, basically two innings right there that you could have maybe changed the complexion of this game and you weren't able to do it. And in the end, the uh, Astros one for eight runners in scoring position. They left nine men on base. What was, what was uh, game two again? One for seven? Uh, let me go look I mean, it just up Just ballpark, right? One for seven, one for eight while you get the number. So you guys are talking about we're looking at lots of traffic that's not being executed against or executed with. And when you look at um, the production tonight in those situations, we're talking about Dubon, who was in there for McCormick. That's really who he's in for. Brantley was in there. You've got Tucker in there. But Dubon is in that spot. He's in McCormick's spot. And now in game two and in game six, you've had the same spot in the lineup come up with runners on base in the same situation with less than two outs, and you've got nothing out of it. If one of those comes through, then that, that elusive momentum we talk about may stay with the Astros because momentum is mental, right? It's not physical. There's nothing physical about it, which is why people say, a lot of people say, there's no momentum. Well, no, there is momentum. It's mental. You know, there's a line from, from movies. If, you, if, you're, if you're, your pine tar is all the way up the top of your bat or on your helmet and you're not taking a shower, whatever it is, right? But you think you're playing well because of that? Then you are. And so when it comes to those type of things, superstitions, I just talked to Jason before we got on this, and I said, I'll just tell you because I want your support with this. I, just, I said, this postseason, the Astros are 0-3 with me in a suit. <laughs> and they're 3-0 and with me in a hoodie and my jacket, and my jeans. You can tell he's a former player. 
So the, so, so the superstition part of it, look, the momentum is it, it happens in that eighth inning because it's mental. If the Astros score there, if they tie the game, it's another elbow to the Rangers. And if you give an elbow to the Rangers in the eighth, you don't know what happens in the ninth inning. Instead, the Rangers got out of it, sigh of relief. Well, I'll tell you this, if, if you're able to put some runs on the board in the uh, eighth, you're, you're likely not throwing Rafael Montero out there. That's a fact. That's a fact. Right. And, and with that momentum, you have the Rangers mindset of going, man, we've been fighting and scratching and clawing. We were at 4-2, and they just gave it yeah. up. And they, yeah, and, and they gave it up again, and they're back. You t- that's the momentum right there. And so when you're in a situation where that's going on, if you're not capitalizing in those, situ- in those type of uh, opportunities ever, and I mean it all, at home, then you're going to end up like this. But I said it, I'll said i say it forever. As long as I am, am living and breathing in this game, I will say it forever. Two games are yours, two games are mine, the other three are up for grabs. And right now, the way you get to a game seven is because each team has their two. Now, they're in different ballparks, but each team has their two. Tonight's the Rangers win. The Astros didn't give this away. They had a 4-2 lead going in the eighth and execute. The Rangers won, okay? Game one, the Rangers won. Game two, the Astros gave away. Games three and four, the Astros won. And then game five, we all know what happened there with the the, the WWE fest that was trying to go well, on. Well, it wasn't with the that home. bad. It, 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 hey, I was watching from the press deck, and I thought, I was like, man, get this guy a belt, you know, and his own, some different theme music. All right, so I have an answer for you. Game two, runners in scoring position, the yeah. Astros were 0 for 6, so they were slightly better in this game, 1 for 8. Yeah, so those type of things, it's 1 for 14 in very similar situations. You can't do that. you got to get one of those. Yeah. All right, so we're taking your questions here. Uh, I'm on the Facebook page, so if you have questions – Leave them for us here on our KHO 11 News Facebook page. Christian says, oh, it's so pathetic. Uh, Tony has a good question, and I don't think that right now there is a definitive answer. So let's dive into this. It is the Brian uh, Brian Abreu situation. Tony says, will Brian Abreu be playing tomorrow? He has appeal. The appeal will be held sometime in the next 48 hours. However, on the broadcast, Tom Verducci brought up a similar kind of situation back in the late 80s, a relief pitcher, Jay Howell. And from what I was half listening, uh, he was not suspended because the league did not want to give uh, the other team a more of a, like a competitive advantage, advantage, if you will, yeah. an unfair advantage. So there's a chance. Jeremy, what do you think could happen essentially so, with Brian so, Abreu? So, I, you know, look, you guys know at this point, whoever's watching us on, on this now, you watch us enough to know that we're pretty direct and we're pretty open, right? And I don't, I don't hide, um, maybe I won't give you the people, but I certainly don't hide my background and my history in the game and my connections. What I will tell you is that I know Michael Hill, okay? I'm, gonna, I, I'm not going to... Michael Hill is... The person that handed down the suspension from Major League Baseball. What's his title? It's basically on-field operations. Yes. He's vice president. He's right next to the commissioner. And I'm going to tell you now, so will you understand my answer, that I know Michael Hill um, well. I have not contacted Mike about it. I'm not going to do that. It's not for me to ask questions. It's his decision. That's his job. And everybody needs to respect that he was doing his job in what he thought he was getting from the umpires. Now, the reason why they have appeals and the reason why they have opinions and why they have these meetings and hearings is because this stuff can get overturned. It doesn't happen very often, but it can. And in this situation, I will say right now what I said before. Brian Abreu was not throwing at Aroldis Garcia. When it comes to... Uh, how that happened. Some context was given tonight on the same broadcast that will likely come up tomorrow. Part of that was, part of that was that he was in a um, a stretch or in a slide step, right, to try to hold the runner at first base. Part of that was the pitch was called from the bench. 
Part of that was Abreu's not hardly ever in a slide step. And so as more context comes out, it's real easy to see how somebody throwing 97-98 as a reliever, let one get away from just trying to get the guy off the plate. What are we going to do if you're the Astros? We're going to go ahead and give up the inner third and let him hit another one out to left field? No, we're trying to move him and pitch. And if you look at the ninth inning, I'm, getting, I'm going with this, somewhere with this. Because we got Al- a lot of questions. That's here. right. Altuve goes deep, three-run home run. And the clerk buzzes Dubon, almost knocks him down, and nothing really says anything. Furthermore, Garcia wasn't suspended. He's the one that went, went after Maldonado. He didn't go out to the mound. Yeah. He went after Maldonado. So Mike Hill, in, doing, in making his decision the, what, on what the umpire said, this is why they have appeals. My guess, my guess, with all things considered, while I do not have a say, and I don't have a dog, I don't have a dog in a fight per se, is I think it gets overturned or at least postponed and he pitches tomorrow. I think that in Game 7, precedent with unfair hmm. advantage, with all of the information that we just laid out, will dictate what happens in that hearing. Uh, Mike Hill is a very fair guy. He's a brilliant guy. There is nothing done here that's untoward, but the questions have to be asked. How come the guy that went after the catcher didn't get suspended? He played tonight, right? There's, no, there's nothing put out there. Why are you going to take a Abreu away in Game 7 now that there is one? And these situations of context with nothing happened to the clerks. There's a little bit of... Hey, man, this happened over here. This happened over here. This is the context. What are we going to do? I expect a fine, and I expect the suspension to go away. That's what I expect. All right, we have lots of comments coming in now. Uh, Fromber must go. Peña and Tucker must show up. I would. What uh, Fromber do? Let's talk about Fromber. There's do? a lot of people here. Fromber kicked off all three losses. Um, what's up with Valdez? Let, let's, let's look real quickly. Now, is this the Framber Valdez that we saw last year? No. But when you look at the numbers in this game, he was five innings, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Framber Valdez was not the problem tonight. Tonight was right here. was these, these guys. It was the batting lineup. And that was the issue. That was the issue in game six. It wasn't Framber Valdez. Framber Valdez, he was one inning shy of the quality start line right I, I he did he was fine for he me. was fine he was fine I, you know I, I i talk i look back at um singleton hitting and i kind of walked around the newsroom a little bit and was just pacing a little bit because you know the baseball guy in me says why not diaz right that's just me not my decision however you know you can go pick and choose what situation you want to go at but valdez is fine he did exactly what he was supposed to do tonight well he, he was kept, fine tonight he hadn't been fine before yeah, but tonight, but he was fine tonight he did exactly what he was supposed to do tonight and i promise you they had a short leash on him if he wasn't everything that he showed um, you get into situations with Ryan Stanek later in the game who hasn't had the ball. He hasn't had the ball. All right, so let me, let, me, let me go into this. Go ahead. Eric says, the stupid pitching strategy made us lose at the end of the day. If you wanted to win, there would have been a better lineup. Um, what? So I think what he's saying is the way these – my guess is it has something to do with Rafael Montero pitching the night. So That's the what pitching, I'm, I'm the guessing. pitching lineup? That's what I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing. Let's go back to what we said a few minutes ago. If the Astros are able to capitalize in the seventh inning and definitely the eighth inning, Rafael Montero is not sniffing the ninth inning. No chance. It, you're not, he's not pitching. It's so, not happening. So, Dusty, if, if anything, and Jeremy and I talk about this a lot, Dusty sticks to a script too much. All the time. In the sense that it's, it's starting pitcher, then it's Neris, then it's Abreu, then it's Presley. It's the same guys. And... As we saw back in 2019, and someone brings up 2019 and the fact that the oh, Astros... Just thinking that. Zach Greinke was pitching pretty well in Game 7, and they went to Will Harris. 
The thing with Will Harris, yes, all the analytics, all the analytics, <laughs> right there, all the two analytics will tell you that Will Harris, you know, he belongs in this 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 situation. What the analytics don't tell you, at least, I don't think they tell you, is that Will Harris had been seen by the Nationals six times before in that saw series. Saw by the entire universe every night. I mean, you can't do that again and again. His fatigue, his mental, and the, and the, and the looks on him. And it cost the Astros the World Series. Jason mm-hmm. is nailing this point. I want you guys to, if, if you're paying it, listen to that again. Digest that. You can't run the same guys out again and again and again. If you get to the mm-hmm. eighth inning in the sixth, in the, in the game six of the world of the uh, ALCS, of the postseason, and you have a 4-2 game, some point bats got to come through. You can't win yeah. with two runs. It's not going to happen all the time. You know, the, the game one was 2-0, right? 2 nothing Texas. Game uh, two was 5-4. Yep. Correct? Game three, the Astros just won. Game yeah. four, the Astros yep. just won. Game five was 8-4 after the home run? Or what was, you what, had to ask me that. I usually right. have them all written down. It's hold right. on, I think, hold on, hold on. I think on. game four was 8-4, and then game five was Nine, the home run. Uh, uh, five, it was 8-5, 10-3, 5-4. 5-4, right. Okay, so you get to a situation where you've got the – you have the, the offense showing up in Dallas. Why didn't it show up here? We're not talking about that in Dallas, right? We got one situation where we gave up five runs, another situation where we gave up three. The hitters got a hit, and these guys are professional hitters. The situations that get you are when they add up with that much traffic and the guys that are in those positions to produce runs and execute. Look, Dubon doesn't have to go deep. That's not his job. McCormick with all his power, yeah, but he don't have to go deep either. You have to get balls in the strike zone to be able to hit them, and if they're balls off the end of the, end of the outside the zone, sometimes if your approach is to go use the other field, which do, the other side of the field, which Dubon is great at, then you stay on it, you flip it that way, and you might get some some action and some movement. You have the wrong type of approach in those situations, and we cannot look at as with the hall, the future Hall of Famer Jose Altuve all the time. You cannot look at Alex Bregman all the time. You cannot look at Jordan. Alvarez all the time. It's kind of like they do it so much that we're not even impressed with it anymore. So when they strike out or they don't, it doesn't come through. It's like, hey, and I'm not saying you guys are saying that. I'm saying I'm hearing that other places when it comes to some of the sentiment. The rest of the lineup's got to hit. If the rest of the lineup plays the game, executes at all, it's not a nine, nine, uh, nine two game. Oh, we're getting good. We're getting people are fired up. Good. Um, Love it. Fromber gave up two balls that are routine fly balls in 95% of Major League Baseball stadiums, the home runs. Facts. Absolute facts. Jeremy says, when will Tucker and Pena sit and allow someone else that can hit play? Um, Kyle Tucker, listen, every player goes through slumps. Every player does. Unfortunately, when you're one of only four teams left playing and there's one game on a night or two, day and night, those slumps get magnified. Kyle Tucker, if if Kyle Tucker was doing this in August or June, no one would – think anything of it. Unfortunately, it's on the biggest stage. Now, Jeremy Pena is a very interesting case. Jeremy Pena was the exact opposite. Jeremy Pena had three weeks last year that, again, if he had him in August or June, people would have said, oh, wow, yeah, he's playing really well. But he was on the biggest stage in baseball. And Jeremy, who knows Jeremy Pena's game intimately, having um, done a lot of draft work, the player that we're seeing, Jeremy Pena, now. That's the guy. That's kind of the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. There's Great gr- gold glove caliber Absolutely. defender. Every night. And what do you say in terms of hitting, you, like, what he's doing? I mean, I don't know if he's a 10-home run guy, but I don't know if he's a 22-home no, run he's, guy either. He's, a, he's somewhere around 8 to 15. I mean, it depends on the year. You know, when I, what, there's one guy on earth, 
And I do mean that, that predicted Jeremy Pena having the year that he had last year, and that's our former colleague, Daniel Gotera. Well, yeah. He's the only guy that has yeah. anything to do with baseball. Listen, the Astros didn't even yeah, know. no this. idea. I mean, they knew that, okay, this guy's going to be a starting shortstop, and we think we've got something, but... And again, is he as he's, bad as two twelve zero homers? Well, well, he's he, actually worse now because I, of the. I thought I always thought, and and this is from seeing him as well as from what you know many in the community thought is that he was you know two forty two forty five eight to twelve and and fifty, and he played a great defense, and that's what he's done. Now, if he's you know we said last year, no matter what he does in year one, year two is the year because the league adjusts back. What you're really going to find out is what he's made of next year. Yep. No, it doesn't help us for tonight. But he's got one year where he ran right through him, hitting second in the lineup ahead of. And that was another reason, perhaps, why he also was off playing so well last year. Look at his position in the batting order and who's over his shoulder. Yeah, so, you who's know. the guy in the on-deck circle and the guy that is on the front for, uh, first step of the dugout waiting to, to bat fourth? So, you, got, you guys have, we, we have, Houston has great knowledgeable, historic, yes. historic fans. That's one thing I'll say about the Astros fans is they know their baseball history. Yep. You guys remember the Seattle Mariners back in the um, early 90s, mid-90s, okay? Alex Rodriguez comes to the big leagues, and he's got Jay Buhner. He's got King Griffey Jr. He's got Edgar Martinez. He's got – Well, he struggled his first – He, like he did, one, yeah. but he hit ninth. Yeah. And then the next year when he went up, when he played every day, which I want to say that might have been 97 – 97, maybe 96. Might be off 96. 96. He hit second in the lineup ahead of King Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, and Jay Buhner. Who are you pitching to? The kid that hasn't done anything yet or the three of those dudes? So what they did was they went after A-Rod with fastball, 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 fastball. And obviously he's Alex Rodriguez. He's not Jeremy Pena. But he had a year similar in his first year to what Pena you know what Payne did. So what you saw last year was a guy being protected in the two-hole. You saw a guy having a very good year off a bunch of fastballs. You saw the league adjust back and him adjust to a different situation. Yep. And now you're going to see what happens next year. Well, you also had a guy that had arguably the greatest three-week stretch facts. by facts. a rookie yeah. in baseball history. Shortstop winning the gold glove as a rookie and then becoming league championship series MVP and World Series MVP. We've never seen that ever. It's actually that's that's not like an over. That's not an exaggeration. No. That's actually never. I mean, happened. Fred Lynn in '75 won Rookie of the Year and League MVP. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway. Some people were wondering tonight why, why didn't we see JP France? Why are we running out Stanek and why are we running out Rafael Montero? I know. I think I know the answer to this. Why would you not see JP France tonight? Because you're thinking if those guys can hold it right there, you have game seven, and you're going to come out with every bullet you have in game seven. I'll also tell you, pitching tonight for Montero and Stanek keeps them fresh if they need it tomorrow. Now, if they don't throw tonight, it's another day without pitching. And even though you saw the rust in both of them, tomorrow they should have been on the mound today in a game situation and should be ready. If anybody gets into trouble tomorrow, if Javier gets into trouble at all, you're going to see the fastest hook you've seen, and it's going to go one guy after the other. You might see the Astros double-barreling the bullpens yep. to make sure that everybody can get in the game because there is no game eight, right? There is no game eight. I mean, the first guy out of that pen may be Hunter Brown. Might be. And, and Hunter Brown, for me, for those of you that haven't heard me say this, I said he wasn't a starter for a while. We talked about Jason and I talked about his workload at the start of the year that at some point he was going to run out of gas. This didn't make a whole lot of sense. For those of you that, are, again, are baseball historians here, he's, uh, he's Jonathan Papelbon. And Jonathan for, you, Papel, for, you. for me. And Jonathan Papelbon was a very good closer for a long time. And when you look at the Astros long term, Hunter Brown can fit in that mold for a very long time and step up. Now imagine a bullpen, even if France is a piece, 
or you've got Neris, France, Brown, Abreu, and Presley if you can keep Presley. I'm not saying you want you to go walk away from a guy. I'm not saying it. But imagine the options in that bullpen. Are we get, we're, can we stick with this year? We are. But I'm telling you, that's what you may see tomorrow. Yeah. Presley's fresh. Brown's fresh. France is fresh. Uh, Neris had a short outing. Montero got a taste of the ball against They're set up fine for tomorrow. Yeah. Okay? So and that's set, why you didn't see J.P. France Correct. They're set up like fine that. for tomorrow. So they're going to go out with guys in a situation like that to try to get them a touch. That's called getting a touch on the ball and seeing what they can do with it. Jeremy, may, Jeremy, Jeremy McGee may have one of the best comments on here. The Stars must be stars tomorrow. It's got a great name, by the way. Just that simple. Yeah, great. Jeremy says the stars must be stars tomorrow. He's not wrong. Not wrong. Um, This was also interesting. Got to find it here. That's a lot of questions. It was a comment about the umpires. Mandy says these umps are making terrible calls. Bregman looks terribly frustrated. When are these umps getting penalized for poor performance? They need to. In other words, can we please get robo umps here faster than... Let's look at some of the calls. I mean, even when we were sitting watching the game, you're like, whoa. It's going to happen. It's Major League Baseball. There's this human element of umpires. Let's touch on Bregman. Bregman has one of the best eyes in all of baseball. In this game, fly out to center in the first, struck out in the third, popped out, and then a walk in the eighth. If Bregman doesn't swing at a ball, there's usually a good reason for it. It's because it's a ball. But that's – you would think – Kind of the, 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 the narrative or what people in baseball think, it, it, it eventually evens out. may not seem like it, but a lot of times these umpire calls, they even out over the course of a game. It's just they're magnified again on this stage. And when it's your team, of course you're going to be upset. Yeah, um, there, were some, there were some calls tonight. And, you know, Michael Hill does have the umpires, right? That's part of his job. But there were some calls tonight that I saw. Um, where I kind of shook my head and said, ooh, you know, and, and Bregman's uh, ball strike two in the eighth was, yep. was one of them. His ball's up, and it was enough up where it should have been a ball, and they went right back at it and missed in ball four. Yeah, so. it's almost like they said, well, we got the high strike on that first, that second one. Let's yeah. see if we can get it again. That's exactly what they did, but it was, it was still ball four. But, you know, at the end of the day, there were some check swings I thought that were questionable. Um, there were some, some situations, and this is all revolving around the home plate umpire. Right. I don't think there's anything on the bases that people would question. But look, if, <clears throat> if you're we're going to pin it on one situation after another. And I know that in Houston and, and, and I hate, you know, look, I hate to say this, but rightfully so. There's a little bit of conspiracy, hatred. Everybody hates us. You hate you. We want there's a lot of that. We all know that there's a little bit of that. Um, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. I, you know, I, I think that it was more about. Not executing. Because, look, let's go back to the eighth inning again, which is going to stick in my head, just like the one with McCormick. If Dubon doesn't swing at that pitch after he's thrown four balls in a row, it's ball one. It's exactly what McCormick did. And he gets him right back into that situation. So we're in a, we're in a spot. And especially when Mauricio is up there for his back control. Dusty mentioned that in the postgame. Well, my question would be with that, are we not watching what happened in game two? It's the same guy in the same situation, the same spot in the order. What did he do? He went to his slider. Everybody knows what everybody else is going to do at this point. There's no guesses, right? There's no guesses. So you got a slider after ball four, and we're turning around and swinging at it. What are we doing? And then, we, you know, you run to those type of at-bats. So um, a shorter approach to the ball in a couple situations, better contact, moving the runners. That's how you win. It never gets to 9-2. And then, by the way, as we said earlier, to remind mm-hmm. you, you don't see Montero and Presley. You're going to yeah. see those guys coming. Uh, not Montero and Presley, Montero and Stanek. You're yeah. going to see those guys coming in that to, to close the game and nail it down. But you didn't, 
and it's the umpires as frustrating as some of those calls were. It kind of adds up over the night, right? Ball, uh, ball, ball three or ball four is now strike two, and check swing that should have been called isn't, and it changes the at bat. But then you have those situations, so it, it adds up. Bottom line is the Astros got beat tonight, um, and uh, the swing games have been doled out, and they'll be ready to go tomorrow. They're in a good spot. If anybody knows how to play in a game seven, it's these guys. That I'll tell you. Lots of good comments. We appreciate everybody weighing in here. Trying to find um, Dusty doesn't have a quick trigger. We've seen that all year. I don't know. Todd, I don't know if that really. um, Here's the thing. What makes Dusty Baker in this era of analytics and all this stuff. Let me take you back to 2020. Sure. Dusty Baker's first season as manager. Remember Zach Greinke? Everybody loves Zach Greinke. Mm-hmm. Remember what Zach Greinke said after yeah, one of the games? He basically said, go sit down in the dugout. Well, no. He, he kept Zach Greinke in. Yeah. He goes, this was the... Okay, I got you. He said, this was the first time that I actually felt like someone believed in me because they didn't want to take me out because of what the book says or what numbers say. He did say that. And over the course of 162 games and now all these playoff games, there is something to say about being able to read people and to manage personalities. And it's not, these guys aren't robots. They're not robots. And for the most part, this season, Dusty has pushed, if not all of the buttons, the right buttons, 75% of them, given everything which has happened. And you've said a couple of times, you think that this might be his best managing job as a Houston Astro. I think it's his best managing job as a Houston Astro because he's coming off two back-to-back World Series finishes. Yep. Now, one's a loss, one's a win, but this is the third time in a row, and last people that did this were the Yankees in the, in the 90s and early 2000s. It doesn't happen. This doesn't happen very often. So, you know, when you're in a situation like this where you have a, a, a consecutive shorter, shorter offseason, even the playoffs are different than they were back then. There's a lot of uh, spring training is different. The emphasis on your body is different as far as how, you know, the analysts have asked these guys to play, which is why you see some of the stuff that the Astros, even as analytical as they are, don't do. They don't swing and miss a lot, and this intentionally. They don't throw 98 off the backstop. They throw strikes. They execute. They play good defense. They play baseball. So, um, you know, Dusty, for me, if there is one criticism, is that the page is predetermined sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's to me. Mostly it, with the relief. With the pitching. The o- yeah. order of the relief pitchers. And, 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 in, and in game five, we talked about that with Verlander. I sat with Jason before the game, and I said, if he gives us four, I'm happy. And if he gives us five, I'm pumped, and I'm not testing six. And sure enough, he gave five. And then he goes out in the, in the six, and it's two-thirds. And, Dusty you know, said, court, Dusty told me he was dealing. So for me. Justin was dealing. For me. You have to know you know your guy. It's not just believing in him that day. You'd already got seven innings out of him in game one, right? You need to understand. So for me, that's the predetermined part of Dusty Baker. When it comes to his feel on the field and what he's doing, he's earned the right to make those decisions. Um, if you took the – I think that's what you mean when you say quick trigger. He doesn't go get these guys. He leaves them out there a little bit long. But that's just his way of doing it, and it's worked out the last three years. A lot of questions, huh? A lot of questions. Good. A lot of questions. Appreciate it. Glad you got, glad everybody's Let's go in. back to what, I guess, my last question to you on Sports Extra, which ended at, uh, our show started at 1030. Someone, Eric here, wanted to know who wins or what do the Astros have to do to win 
And that was essentially my question to you on Sports Extra. What are the keys to the game on Monday, Game 7? Getting key hits is obviously... Well, it's, it's execution. You know, you have two teams who are very even, even to the point of having the same record. You have one team that is brand new to this, another team that's a veteran. You have neither, neither team's afraid. They have different, you know, different approaches. Um, I can do without some of the, the, the stuff I see Garcia do, just as an example. But, it, you know, that's the way the game is right now. That's what he does. And when it comes to uh, the Astros, and, you, you know, there's a, um, a TikTok. Did you see this about Altuve and, and Garcia? And Altuve hits the home run to, to win the game. He just starts trotting. Yeah. And Garcia hits the home run, and he's, again, going off the top rope with the elbow. Yeah. I know, li- we lived it. We were there. We saw so. it. But, I mean, the point is, if you think about your two teams, the two teams in this, one team's been there before, one team hasn't. One team's calm, one team's not. And when it comes to playing in game seven, the moment can't be too big for you. If everything you do is aggressive and showy and pounding your chest and pumping it up, it's always a concern that the moment's too big for you because you're trying too hard. You're too aggressive for that situation. Instead of having the uh, nerves of steel that the Astros have developed over seven years of doing this. And the guys you're talking about going out there tomorrow, you're talking about Christian Javier. He's done this since 2019. That's three, world, three postseasons in a row and maybe three World Series. He, you've got uh, Jordan Alvarez who's been here since, what, 2019, right? So that's four World Series, okay? Or four, four, five postseasons and fourth World Series this year if he gets there. you got Kyle Tucker, same boat. You've got Alex Bregman, been here since 2017. Is that when he came oh, up? Oh, earlier when than that. Bregman came up in 16, 16, I think, yep. So you've got Bregman that's got the, almost the entire run. You've got Altuve has got the entire run. You've got McCormick, who's been a good role player and stepped up in different times and even made himself an everyday guy. You've got Brantley, who's been here for most of the run. So you've got Maldonado, who's been here for most of the run. So you start going down the list of these guys, and you've got to feel pretty good about even the guys in the bullpen and their roles versus what the Rangers are running out with not having done it. You watch the Rangers' faces. They're not scared, but they're definitely taking it in. You watch the uh, Leclerc. I caught, I caught Leclerc staring at the crowd the other day. You know, I don't remember if it was here or there, but I remember watching him, and he was just, for a moment, he took the ball back and did one of these. It's great if you drink it in, but you don't want to do that before you're about to throw ball four. Okay? So the Astros should feel very optimistic about who they have out there. They should feel good about who's, who's on the field. They should feel good, feel good about their managers, feel good about the composure of this club. The key, it's going to come down to Javier, you know, keeping these guys and where they need to be and the offense executing the situations for people not named Alvarez, Altuve, and Bregman. That's what it's going to come down to. And for those of you who noticed me on my phone, I was not ignoring Jeremy. I was simply looking to see if – the Rangers have announced their starter for Game 7. That might be a tomorrow decision. Yeah, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. Uh, some of the uh, gathered reporters who have gathered at Minute Maid, I was looking at some of the people who um, and you know what? They, they cover actually, the Rangers. They actually may not know. They may not know yet. And that gives you a, a better feeling of confidence. The Astros know who their guy is. The Rangers have no clue what they're doing tomorrow. And if they do, they don't want to talk about it because they're not comfortable with the decision. They don't want any extra prep. They have no idea. Astros like, yeah, we got Christian Javier going. What you got? So when you look at it from that situation, you have a, a, a much more comfortable uh, club than what Texas has on their side. Texas like, yeah, man, we're back in. I can't believe we're back in. Hey, hey, Roldy, you got another one? You got the home run? You got that? Yeah, great. Good for you. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's here. The Astros are already there. Cougar Tino, uh, Max Scherzer, that's what he's hearing. That's what, that's what we've been hearing as well. That's what you would assume – I know they got Andrew Heaney up in the bullpen uh, during game six. but uh, Either one is fine with me because Scherzer's not the same guy as before. you got a real good taste of what he is, and 
you know, we saw that up there. You know, he's 63 pitches, 68 in the bullpen a few days prior. Uh, run him back out there too. Heaney, the moment was too big for Heaney, and that didn't come from me. That came from some other people who happened to have been around him. Director Chris just sent in a screenshot from the Rangers' website. They have Max Scherzer listed as the starter. There you go. That's what we said earlier. There you go. Scherzer and his 11.25 ERA. How'd you like to be the New York Mets right? I'm sorry. Was that, was that too soon? Because you have Scherzer and Verlander pitching in this thing. Uh, Mandy says, Dubon seems to be swinging at everything, or is that just me? If he takes his time, he can get on base and get runners home. Lots of balls he's been reaching. I, I, I don't not, think, huh? I don't think she's wrong tonight. Yeah, tonight. I, that, I mean, the other series has yeah. been, I mean, so good that Dusty moved him up to the number two hole. So um, I think it's just one of those instances. We're also talking about the bat in the eighth. Yeah. That's the one that sticks in your head, right? It's going to yeah. stick for all of us. What is that, the uh, recency bias? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, but she's, but she's not wrong because the approach was way different than what we've seen out of him before, right? So if you're noticing the difference, then you're correct. And in this situation where the runs need to be produced, that didn't happen because we were looking at yesterday, the day before, where Dubon stayed inside the baseball, had good at bats. Um, he's going to be a key tomorrow. He's a key tomorrow. How they run this out against McCormick, I mean, uh, um, Scherzer is a key. Well, here's the thing. Does he play? How does he play center field? Because you're going to probably keep Brantley in left. Against Scherzer, right. So Chaz would likely be on the bench. Chaz on the bench. Yeah, and I'm, I'm playing Dubon in center field. Now that I've watched him play center enough, he can go get it. He's a pretty good center fielder. Now, it doesn't mean McCormick can't play, but McCormick's a better fit in left field with Dubon in center. Mm-hmm. You have to watch him play defense, though, because we're not used to seeing it. And from a scouting perspective, if you just watch the field, their best defense is interchangeable in left field, McCormick and Brantley in a platoon. Well, listen, their best defense is McCormick and left. I saw Brantley go get a ball the other day. I was okay, pretty impressed yeah. with it. So All I'm, right, I'm going to yeah. call it interchangeable. So did the rest of the world. So yep. you're right. Okay. Inter- interchangeable. Dubon's in center. Tucker's in right. You've got uh, Abreu at first base has been pretty good. Tuve, you've got Peña at short, and you've got uh, Bregman. But you Bregman still have to give the edge in defense to the Rangers. they got four four, three gold glove finalists in their infield, and they've got another gold glove finalist in the outfield. And the way Tucker has been, Tucker's been not. It, he's been in his head. He's been not himself out in right field. If I, if I, was, uh, if I was somebody. Oh, and the Rangers also have a gold glove, gold glove finalist behind the plate as well. Yeah, and Maldonado's won a gold glove too. So, you know, we're not talking about bad defensive clubs, but we're still no. talking about guys that have been there. When it comes to Tucker, if I'm somebody in that clubhouse, I'm grabbing him before he leaves the ballpark, and I'm saying, get out of your head. Just get out of your head. There's nothing you can do about what's happened before. Go out and play tomorrow and try to go get back to the World Series and win another, another title. That's what I would do. So now we're seeing some tweets about the Astros' top hitters at Minute Maid, and they didn't play tonight. Diaz and McCormick. Well, I mean, Diaz came in, Diaz came in and pinch hit in the, in the ninth. But um, I don't know. That's why we... That's why we love watching the game, all with, the drama. With, with McCormick's at-bats um, in game two, in situations like this, they stick, they're sticking with me. I would imagine that what we saw at him the rest of the series is sticking with, so far, is sticking with Dusty and company as far as the comfort level. Now, look, tomorrow he could be out there just as easily as Dubon, but, or uh, make, make no mistake, Brantley's going to play. Okay? Brantley's going to play against Scherzer. That's, that's a matchup you're going to see. So um, if Brantley doesn't play, it's because his body's not right. Matter of fact, he played against Scherzer last time, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, so he's going to play. The question is going to be Dubon or McCormick, and Dusty's showing which way he wants to go. All right, everybody. It is almost tomorrow. So with that, we're going to end this. Wait, can I – can we can, – they're 0-3 with me in a suit in the ALCS, <laughs> and they're 3-0 with me in a hoodie and jeans. 
I'll let you guys leave comments on there which one you want to see, and I'll go with whatever one you want. Is that okay? All right. I'll be in a suit unless you guys say otherwise. Just give me a heads up. Cougar Tino says, I don't care if it's the Easter Bunny. We got a hit. <laughs> no, he's right. <laughs> he's good. right. You look at this sheet. That's good. The Astros games where That's they good. win, production up and down the lineup. This one from tonight, not so much. All right. All right. So that's the final tonight. 9-2. American League Championship Series. Now tied. Three games apiece. Game seven. Winner. Winner goes to the World Series. You know it's at stake. We know it's at stake. We'll have complete coverage tomorrow on KHO 11 News throughout the evening. And, of course, on KHOU.com, Facebook, and wherever else you watch us. So, for Jeremy Booth, our former Major League Scout, KHO 11 Baseball Analyst, I'm Jason Bristol. Until next time, next time being tomorrow, have a great night, and we'll talk to you later.